0: You are listening to the Evolution Exchange podcast, Nordics, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful technical leaders in the Nordic region. I'm Chris Bennett, and I help connect businesses with tech freelancers, and I'm your host. Do remember, if you haven't clicked the subscribe button, please do so. Today, I'm joined by Christian, who is the CEO and co-founder of Normative. Normative help businesses measure exactly how much emissions they generate. Like traditional accounting, normative carbon accounting combines hard data and rigorous calculations to deliver reliable results. Christian is a computer scientist and mathematician and has a passion for making the world a better place. Today, I and Christian will be discussing the challenges of today, the reason why normative exists, what big challenges are on the horizon welcome christian how are we doing thank
1: you thank you i'm i'm good
0: you're a mathematician yeah tell us a bit about about your background and why the
1: hell you're involved in a company like normative now yeah great question so as you mentioned my background is in mathematics i think you said mathematics and computer science but originally it's actually in mathematics and philosophy Uh, And I specialized in artificial intelligence later on because that's kind of where mathematics and philosophy meet. To a lot of people, it sounds like the strangest of combinations. But to me, philosophy is essentially asking the important questions. Like, what do we want society to look like? Uh, And mathematics are kind of asking the question, how do we optimize for that? So mathematics, in the sense is 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 like the language of optimization, but mathematics can never answer the question what do we actually want society to look like uh, and and that's um, where where philosophy enters into the picture. Uh, so that is are my backgrounds, and I actually never thought that I would do a, a, any type of entrepreneurial career so so my goal uh, in in pursuing Uh, mathematics and philosophy, uh, was a deep passion for global catastrophic risks, which sounds like a weird thing to be passionate about. Uh, But I've always had sort of an interest of, okay, like being fascinated with, with the fact that the actions that we take today have ripple effects, like hundreds of years and thousands of years uh, in in the future and you can see that from history right a few mm. kind of key inventions have shaped society as we know it today a few choices might have led to you know famines and and wars and uh, and and so on and and right now we're kind of almost in this crossroads where you know we have technological capabilities that are bigger than ever before we have you know a world economy that are dependent on fossil fuels we're we're seeing species extinctions like we've never seen uh before uh and 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 all of that depends on the actions that that we take today uh so so going into academia i i started working for after I graduated, for a research institute at the University of Oxford called the Future of Humanity Institute, where we essentially analyze different global risks from a academic perspective and try to essentially give policy advice on how to mitigate those risks. Those mm-hmm. include like risks from global pandemics, uh, risks from climate change, and and nuclear war, and we just try to have a cross-disciplinary approach to uh, to risk. Uh, But what essentially led me into entrepreneurship in the end of the day is that climate is one of the big challenges that we're facing today. Uh, But in order to move the dent on climate change, we we, we need to deliver decision-relevant data to Uh decision-makers at the point of decision-making. Because right now, all of the actions that are taken in the world economy, uh, we, we we don't know like the long term impacts of that uh, in terms of you know the carbon carbon dioxide being released, l- leading to global famines and increase in hurricanes and and wildfires and and we need to fundamentally make that connection at the point of decision making. So when a company is making the decision on what technologies to invest in in their value chain or what suppliers to have, or um uh, or any or investors making the decision on what, what to invest in. They, they need that decision relevant data. And that, that's what led me to, to start my my own business. And then back then I sh- I thought that you know, surely there must exist, and that was almost a decade ago. I thought yeah. surely there must exist plenty of solutions for how to calculate an account for a gar- carbon footprint. Turned out that nothing like that existed and I'm like okay I probably need to you know create that thing um so yeah that's that's a little bit like the story of my background and how it ties into what I'm doing today so that was what 10 years ago
0: yeah, yeah. Well, how do you sleep at night thinking this is your business problem like how do you sleep at night
1: <laughs> yeah I I sleep quite good at night to, to be honest um, but, but, but you know it's it's such a huge problem and mm. the way I approach it to be quite mm. honest is not as a business problem I mean okay. I approach it as a global problem so mm. carbon emissions is a global problem and, and I just came back from the COP 27 the UN climate conference in, in Egypt um, and you have governments going to that conference and governments that are setting climate targets, right? Mm. But in the end of the day, it's the companies within the jurisdiction of those governments that yeah. need to reduce their carbon emissions. Otherwise, this will never work because they, they are the ones that are are releasing emissions in the first place. So what, what I think about is just the problem of, how do we deliver decision-relevant data in order to solve climate change? And then I think the the business just became this kind of you know emergent property from being focused around the the problems. So so I think what keeps me up at night is more climate change more than you know like running a a, a business. Running the business is kind of the necessary vessel to to reach the climate you know net zero outcomes that. All of, of you know my my colleagues and the entire company is so passionate about solving. Um, and what was the feeling coming back from Egypt?
0: Yeah, were you did you feel positive that it was a that everyone's going in the right direction
1: or kind of what what was your gut feeling after that? It was mixed, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is that doing this ten years ago, nobody really cared. Nobody cared about. Carbon accounting, if they cared about carbon accounting, they definitely didn't care about the carbon emissions in their value chain, which accounts for you know over ninety percent of emissions if you take an average business so what we saw at Egypt was the level of maturity around conversation has grown a lot lot higher what we saw as well and this is based on some of the research that we did going into cop is we, we we basically looked at companies with some sort of net zero target, and we wanted to figure out, okay, if all companies follow through with their net zero targets, what does that add up to? Because we all know that the carbon, the, the net zero commitments of, of countries don't add up to where we need to be. If if we just follow the net zero commitments of countries, we're heading towards 2.4 or 2.8 degrees. And we need to be at 1.5. So we kind of asked ourselves the question, okay, what about the carbon, the the net zero targets of of companies? And it turns out that we looked at 1,000 companies with some sort of net zero target or reduction target and combined those 1,000 companies account for 80% of global emissions. So that essentially means that if, the companies that are committed today to net zero follow through on those commitments, we can solve climate change. But following through is the hard part, right? Uh, I think that for me was, was a cause for optimism. The fact that, you know, we are soon approaching the level of commitment from companies that we need in order to go net zero. But then obviously the hard part Committing is kind of the easy part, saying right. that you're going to do something. To actually follow through on that commitment is the hard part, because those commitments are often you know, going net zero by 2040 or 2050. So these are you know, 10, 20, 30-year commitments. And, and in order to get there, companies need to measure their carbon performance account for their carbon emissions in their own operations and in their value chain so they can take the right action on a year-to-year basis. And I think that is is what what is missing right now. So I think we kind of see the commitment gap being bridged, but then there is the action gap of actually being able to tell on a year-to-year basis are companies doing enough to go to net zero? And we currently don't see that and a big reason we don't see that is what we call the accuracy gap which mm. is essentially that companies typically don't account and calculate their carbon emissions in an accurate way and we can't go to net zero unless that accuracy gap is 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 bridged uh that was a kind of a rather <laughs> long, long answer to the
0: simple. Question. No, no. I, I think it's quite a complicated issue, to be honest. So I don't think anyone's going to say you took too long on that. So, do you, do you believe that if those thousand companies um, 10 years ago were using your product, yeah, then we'd be in a miles better place now? Yeah, oh, because there's, there's, there's one thing you were saying about like the action. And then there's the desire to actually do it. I suppose there's a big gap in between there is actually having the right data to do the right action. Yeah, so, which is the
1: gap you're filling? Yes, yes, absolutely. I think it would be very different if companies started to care about their carbon emissions uh, Mm -hmm. much earlier. I mean, essentially, I mean, if we zoom out and see this in a bit of a bigger context, Right now, we're seeing inflation. We're seeing a cost of living crisis. And a lot of that is caused by the price of fossil fuels, right? The yeah. price of fossil fuel and has skyrocketed, mm. which means that everything else in the world economy becomes more expensive. Uh, and that is hurting a lot of businesses, and especially it's hurting a lot of everyday people. Uh, but that wouldn't have been the case if companies started Ten years ago, if all companies started ten years ago saying we are gonna measure our carbon footprint, not just in our own operation, but in our value chain as well, and we are gonna make sure that based on those actionable insights that are delivered from accurate carbon accounting, we are gonna take the right actions to to decarbonize that value chain, then we wouldn't see this crisis today. Uh, so, so you know, from from a larger context, you hear a lot of People basically saying, you know, we, we shouldn't focus on net zero now because we have a cost of living crisis. But we have that crisis because we didn't focus on net zero early early enough. And a lot of businesses would have not have had the problems that they have today if they have just kind of done this uh, sooner. Uh, mm. But better soon than, than never. <laughs> or better, yes. better late than never. <laughs> better late than never, yeah,
0: absolutely. So, uh, Christine, talk us... Is- so 10 years ago, you you kind of heard this idea from yourself and then went, hang on, I need to deal with this. Yeah. Um, talk us through the kind of the journey of the last 10 years for you as a company.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. It has been a really long journey, right? So mm. back when we started, uh, back when we had the idea that, okay, it makes sense to deliver carbon data to companies in order for them to go net zero back then the market really didn't exist so the only thing that existed were kind of simplified online carbon calculator uh calculators mm-hmm. uh, we were the first tool that had this approach of saying okay in order for us to assure that you have completeness of coverage and accuracy for your carbon data we want to put kind of a carbon layer on top of all of your invoices. So we want to analyze every invoice and, and calculate the carbon emissions based on that. Um so we, we had that idea 10 years ago. And obviously, being you know a mathematician, mathematicians are not famous for being, you know, great salespeople in, in general, but we, we don't really have any mathematicians people. in our office, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We we, we realized that, that, you know, in in order to, we can't just kind of build the product. We need to get out there and show (laughs) the world. We can't expect all companies to come to us. We we need to, you know, put ourselves out there to to tell companies about the problem. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we didn't realize how immature the market was. So, So I went through this kind of sales crash course where, where mm-hmm. i was sitting in a sweaty basement just cold calling the switchboard of like every large enterprise you know oh have you heard about carbon accounting and value chain accounting and we're calculating the emissions of every invoice and, and pretty much everyone was saying like uh no not interested bye bye <laughs> and, and i have you know you had to make like you know more than a hundred calls to even yeah. get a meeting yeah. uh and that meeting typically didn't lead to anything. It was like, oh, interesting. Mm. Uh, the door is over there. <laughs> no, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was three years for us to get our first customer, which is from a startup perspective, I would never advise someone to keep it going for three years and wait mm. until you get that. That is like the opposite of, of being you know, uh, kind of lean. You want to get <laughs> yeah, the yeah. as soon as possible to validate the market. Uh, and, and, but what kept us going was that the logic was sound. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we knew that we have countries that are starting to commit to net zero. This has to trickle down yeah. to enterprises. There's no other way. Uh, so, so I think what kept it alive for us was just the obviousness of this has to happen sooner or later. So if we are just patient, eventually the market will arrive. And three years later, we got our first client, but very kind of slow linear growth. So we were completely bootstrapped. Then three years ago, we, we did our, you know, serious seed round. A year and a half later, we did our A round and we recently closed our, our series B round. And we are now 150 people in the business uh, and, and serve, you know, uh, Help thousands of, of, of companies calculate their carbon emissions. But it was a bit of a tough, tough journey. But I'm I'm glad we we uh we were early on. And and I think one of the things that makes me incredibly proud is being early into this category meant that we shaped the category. So we see mm-hmm. a lot of competitors out there, but I'd mm-hmm. much rather be in a situation where where we can be, you know, the creator of a category and we can, you know, together try and solve climate change than being, you know, completely alone in a non-existing market. So the fact that we have competition just means that there is a a, a market now, uh, finally. Um, And
0: so our audience is mainly, well, Nordic, it's mainly tech, data product, product managers, people in the tech world. Yeah, which I suppose we all are by default. But well, a lot of people who tech is their passion. What type of people um, have you brought on the ride with you at Normative, and what type of people
1: join? In the end of the day, we are like a software as a service um, company. So that means that even though we are climate experts, uh, we need people from you know all. Uh, walks of life, or you know, the typical roles that you would would find in this SaaS business. So, uh, you know, customer success and and the data services and and good sales people and marketing people and and talented engineers and so on. So, I mean, if anyone is listening that are passionate about making a difference for the climate, then uh, you should consider uh, joining Normative. Obviously. But, but also I think you shouldn't consider you should join
0: normative. <laughs> yeah 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 exactly you should. Join and that's the mathematician. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I've, I've got a you're... geography degree, so yeah. I had to go into sales. <laughs> yeah exactly. As a mathematician, I'm not. Saying, <laughs> enough, I guess. Uh, but, but I mean, on a serious note, people must enter your office every morning. Um, well, when they when they work in the office, I don't know the system at the minute. But when they walk in the office, they are. Um, walking in to achieve a greater good, a better world. Yeah. Yeah?
1: And you must get that feeling. Oh, absolutely. 100%. That that is the, I think, glue that binds us all together. And right now, I mean, the market is in a downturn, but we're doing good at normative. Mm. uh, And I think a lot of people in this type of downturn situation think for themselves like, Okay, you know, what? What is it that I want to do in my life? What do mm-hmm. I want to tell my you know kids or, or grandkids that at least I tried to make some sort of difference? Mm-hmm. Um, so there, I mean, we're in a situation right now where and uh, you know where there is kind of a both a great resignation post COVID, but also with the downturn, a lot of people. You know, losing losing their their jobs and and so on. But that is, I think, also an opportunity to, um, to 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 go into kind of the future because if you look from at it from a macro perspective, and, and, and I'm not just talking about normative now. Uh, yeah. Like there needs to be moved, you know, trillions and trillions from non-sustainable companies to sustainable companies. And that means, you know, carbon accounting, but it also means renewable electricity. It means electrified mobility. It means renewable concrete and steel and so on. So those types of professions are the future, the professions that will lead us to a net zero emissions economy. So if if you are in a situation where, uh, you know, people have been laid off and you have been laid off, then mm. I think the safest bet is the bet in joining a company that will be a part of that net zero emissions economy, and obviously carbon accounting is kind of in the nexus of it all because without the carbon accounting, you can't have the right you know level of investment in uh, you know electric mobility or um, or renewable uh, steel and concrete and so on. This year, have you? Um...
0: Has there been uh, an, a downturn? So a sense of it, you've gone from one client seven, eight years ago to thousands of clients now. Yeah, your projected growth this year has it taken a dip because of what's going on? Yeah, um, or is it just carrying on? What well, what's it, kind it of stuff the state of
1: life? Carried on. It has carried on, and the reason is that um, you have legislations on the horizon already being implemented where companies have to account on their carbon emissions. Mm. And and you can't really negotiate with nature in the end of the day. <laughs> you can't negotiate with nature. You need to get to 1.5 degrees one way or another. And that means shifting a lot of resources uh, to kind of clean tech, climate tech businesses. Uh, so, so we have been, you know, growing as as good as uh, as ever. Uh, well, so so then
0: let, let's think then. So you working at Normative, yeah? What kind of what kind of product, what kind of tech are you working with, yeah? What 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 kind of what would you if you were to sign up for this journey, and if you believe in the passion, oh, that's awesome, yeah. But what kind of stuff will will people get to work on? People
1: will get to work on. Both, how can we make sure that companies have accurate carbon accounts? Uh, yeah, which I think is quite fundamental. In the end of the day, I, I think we will see something similar to like regular accounting. Regular accounting was invented like 600 years ago, uh, mm. and double it, throughout double-entry bookkeeping, and you have a standardized PL, like every single company in the world. Are doing double entry bookkeeping to produce the p and l, and you will have similar things around carbon. Like I think we will be in a position in in in, in a few years where almost every company on the planet will need to somehow uh, measure their carbon footprint. But measuring for the sake of measuring is 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 useless. I mean, measuring something is only useful to the extent that you can manage it better. Uh, mm. the, the thing that at least makes us proud is yeah. whenever we have a success story of mm. here is a client that have measured their carbon emissions accurately, that they're taking action on it, yeah. they're, they're actually using those insights yeah. to reduce their carbon emissions, and to be able to see that and 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 feel like you're a part of of you know, one one team and, and high fiving each other whenever that mm. happens. You're you know moving a company in the right direction is just I, I think amazing. But you know to get there we need you know customer success. We need um, we need talented engineers. We need you know the right HR team and finance and and everything. But you know mm. we we all work together towards that end goal. You're not just there to tick a box. Yeah, you're not
0: just there to tick this box, create the product, and then, fingers crossed, it gets, gets
1: used. You're there to see the change that comes from the product. Exactly. Tick, ticking the box is just the first step. And, mm. and obviously, we're in the position where you need to tick a lot of boxes because it's compliance. You're legally mandated to do so. But mm. that is just half of the story. Like The other more important half is the business opportunity around it. Like, if you not just tick that box, but mm. go towards net zero and can show performance towards net zero, that is incredibly uh, attractive. It lowers your cost of capital, it, it increases your access to talent. More talented people want to work for you. Uh, it will be easier for you to win procurement deals because, rest mm. assured, that all of your large enterprise clients will have. Some sort of net zero target themselves, and they are starting to incorporate that in their procurement principles. Uh, so it's 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 a huge huge business opportunity uh, as as well. So we're not just about ticking the box. We're there to show uh, everyone that we work with that this is the biggest business opportunity ever, because there has never been a shift of capital this big. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was checking out before,
0: earlier, for people who um, want to see more. If they're not already bought in, uh, go and have a look at the website at normative.io. Some awesome stuff on that, great website, loads of information. Um, so what about what about the next few years? Kind of, yeah. Obviously, we want more clients. It's going in that direction. You get some more people. What are the challenges that can come up in the next couple of years?
1: I think the next few years will be about carbon performance. And that was one of the reasons why we were there at the climate conference in in Egypt, the UN climate conference, because as I said before, we have soon built the commitment gap. Mm -hmm. I think we very soon will have enough enterprises that are committed to net zero in order to go there. Because almost all of the emissions of those large enterprises is in their value chain. So, so yeah. a, a huge enterprise. And some of these companies, they have larger carbon emissions than, than countries, right? Um, but, but the next big thing is going to be carbon performance. It is going to be relentless around taking the right actions every single year in, in, in order to improve. Uh, your carbon emissions, uh, mm-hmm. and so we, we launched a framework at COP called the Net Zero uh, Framework uh, mm-hmm. or Net Zero Score Framework, um, where where it's essentially we're working together with diff- our different stakeholders in the United Nations Race to Zero campaign, such as the Exponential Roadmap Initiative, and input from uh, Oxford Net Zero and and, and others. And so that is going to be a big focus for us, having the right way to present to the world mm-hmm. if a company is performing on their net zero commitment, which means that you're taking the right action uh, to go towards net zero. So so bridging that action gap is really going to be the top priority for the, for the next few years um, or not yet next few years, like next few decades. Um, mm. I'm just curious, Christine, do you see
0: enough companies in the space? So you mentioned you've actually got competitors now, which sure. we, we jokingly said earlier, it's is you're one of the few owners that is happy they've got competitors. Sure. Um but yeah, in terms of like in the space of solving this climate issue, is there enough companies and enough people getting involved in this space at the minute? Or is there still opportunities outside accounting? Is there opportunities outside there that you think needs to be solved?
1: I don't think there is enough companies involved in climate tech. Yeah. I think for carbon accounting, I, I wouldn't recommend someone to create another carbon accounting software. I mean, yeah. there's more than I can count now. I mean, we see new people with a with slide deck pretty much every day. And yeah. in the end of the day, you know, there will be, you know, maybe three global winners, right? Yeah. Um, and uh and it will be you mean two months and, and two others. <laughs> yeah. There already exists, you know, two others. So there exists yeah. an empty uh to be the top top three. Uh, so so it is saturated, but climate yeah. tech overall, going beyond just the carbon accounting piece, I think there's a ton of things to do be done, you know, especially around the you know. Creating integrity on the voluntary offset in carbon removal markets. Uh, yeah. Right now, it is very hard for someone to. So, I mean, if you're a large company, one thing that you might want to do is to pay someone else money to remove carbon from the atmosphere. Um, yeah. But right now, there's it's quite hard to to do that. Um, Because there's a lot of projects that are not delivering on their promises, Uh, so you're starting to see, you know, some some companies that are providing, you know, ratings on different climate solutions, I think that is, you know, a step in the good direction, but then it's like providing the actual solutions themselves, I mean, normative in and of itself doesn't remove any carbon emissions, we just deliver the insights, so companies will invest in the right technologies to remove carbon emissions or mitigate carbon emissions. Uh, and um, and and to, you know, provide those solutions that will mitigate carbon emissions. I think it's, it's so much room. I mean, so much room to be, you know, the best at providing fossil or uh, carbon-free uh, concrete or carbon-free steel or, Carbon free, whatever it might be. Uh,
0: and, but, and 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 Christy, have you not thought about going full Elon Musk on this and just starting another one of these businesses while you're running this business?
1: No, not no, not really. <laughs> I think you need to be focused in order <laughs> to do things well, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, so 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 I, you know, this is the problem that we are focused around. Uh, yeah. And I think yeah. Um, that's what I would recommend to anyone else as well. <laughs> yeah. you know, try to be as focused as, as possible. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, with with Elon Musk, amazing yeah. that it did both, you know, Tesla and, and SpaceX at the same time. But I don't think he would want to be too too thin. Then then bad things will probably happen. <laughs>
0: was- uh, and what about what about the community in Stockholm?
1: Yeah, in uh, climate tech yeah what's your thoughts on that i think i think stockholm is like one of the most if not the most powerful hub for t- climate tech in the world um yeah. and i think you can see it from um just looking at who who is in the forefront uh so so for instance like normative is on the forefront of carbon accounting for enterprises in the world but then you have like someone like Einar and climate view that are on the forefront of, of giving you know climate data to uh, municipalities and, and cities and then you have someone like the economy that are you know prevent, pre- presenting you know data through credit cards to end consumers and so on uh, and it's it's kind of interesting when you look at it that you know all of them are from stockholm you have someone like enride uh being in the forefront yeah. of electric mobility and, and i mean the list goes on um big shout out to
0: the economy by the way one of our clients awesome team over there um okay so um i suppose let's finish off then yeah let's be really specific yeah um if people want to get in touch what type of people do you need yeah how should they get in touch um uh, what should they do um
1: uh, I would first and foremost look at our career page. Uh, it obviously changes what type of, of people that we need, but mm-hmm. we always need, you know, talented engineering engineers and and sales people and um, uh, customer success, climate strategy people. Uh, so, so I would, you know, go to career.normative.io and have a look what is uh, what is out there. Mm-hmm awesome
0: awesome christian yeah you and me honestly with the right bottle of red wine we could speak for hours um, yes. <laughs> um absolute so thank you that, thank you that you've um come on today to speak about your passion i would not be surprised if i see a lot more people trying to apply uh, for normative after this because uh the passion yeah the business idea the future of it it's so
1: important um Yeah, I think I might join.
0: Okay. (laughs) Yeah, listen, Christian, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris, for, for a wonderful chat. Take care.